Hi, my turtle doves. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good evening. Good evening. It is nine o'clock at night on October 31st, and I am sitting here doing laundry. So, you know, I usually when I'm doing something where I'm idle and I'm thinking and pondering, God speaks to me, but this is not the first time that he spoke this to me. Um, so, I have been on a journey, as you all know, which is basically reprocessing my trauma, um, the things that I've been through, the unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, the reason that I do the things that I do, and to try and learn to identify when I'm making unhealthy choices and the reason that I'm doing um, the things that I'm doing at the moment, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense, it's just basically reprocessing the things that I've been through and understanding that my past does have weight in my present time and the choices that I make. Um, I've done multiple different um, segments about mental health and about how it is possible to believe in God and still have certain issues. Um, so God has been dealing with me in different areas. Um, the new area is loneliness. Um, we know that in the book of Genesis, God says that man is ought not to be alone. So what he did was, is he made Eve for Adam as a helper. He didn't call her a wife. He called her a helper. Now, I don't know, um, the exact intent of the relationship that God had for Adam and Eve. That's not my business. I don't add to it and I don't take away from it, which God tells you not to add or take away from his word. So I'm just going to say that he made a helper. He made someone to be a physical companion, someone that was like him or um, of the same species as him, because we all know that God walked the earth with Adam and they conversed and they talked about different things and Adam named the animals while God allowed him to do so. And that, I believe that, um, we, there's a void that we feel at times where nothing that we do can fill that void. And I believe that that well, I'm sure. And I know that that emptiness that we feel can only be filled by God. And sometimes we try to fill it with drugs and alcohol and even times people and things. And no matter what we do, we can never feel that emptiness or feeling of worthlessness or feeling of not feeling needed or wanted. Um, I do believe that God is the only person that can fill that space. There's a longing that we have. And the only way that we can feel that is through our father, the son and the Holy ghost. He's our comforter and our friend, the friend to our spirit and our soul. So, um, I believe that part, but I've tried, I've, 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 I could not for the life of me wrap my head around God. If man ought not be alone and, um, you gave man a companion or a helper, why does loneliness exist? So I started to try to walk down a journey. You know, my thing is, is go into the concordance and look for the word and find every scripture that belongs to the word and then look up the actual definition of the word. But the word loneliness is not in the Bible. Does that mean that loneliness doesn't exist? Does it mean that God does not care about loneliness? 
Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. So as I begin to think, you know, the other day was first responders day. Um, I started to think about um, a battle, so to speak. And we think about how on the battle, there is a front line, second line, third line. I don't know if those are the names of those lines, but I do know that um, there are different levels. You have captains and you have comrades and different things like that. And the higher, the I don't know, I don't know how the ranking goes, but I do know that there are superior and then there's minor. So I started to ponder and I said, God, what? what? I I was fabricated. You know, it's not in your word. Everything that I know um, as far as being a woman and how to treat people and how to act and how to just keep going in life comes from the word. Nobody taught me but the word of God and God who led me to his word. So we know that only the word of God can pierce the heart of man. And we know that God's word changes people. When you say yes, you die to flesh and you give birth to your spirit and God establishes you to who you ought to be. So I'm going to always refer back to that scripture when I refer to becoming. So we, we know that. But God, I'm I'm trying to deal with this loneliness thing and it's not even in the Bible. And I'm talking about like a deep rooted loneliness where it seems like there's no companionship and I don't have anyone that I can identify with. So God, I need you to show me what you're talking about now. So I started to think about the battle and the different lines of defense. And if you want to talk about the thing that combats loneliness, we think about your first line of defense, which are your first responders, the people who are the first soldiers in the battle of loneliness, and that's your family, right? Your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, your cousins, your aunts and your uncles, um, step family members. That's the first line of defense for loneliness. And what I mean by that, I mean that you're born into this family, and this is where you watch movies and you learn how to argue and you learn how to make fun of people. Um, you learn what you like and what you don't like. You learn conversations. And these are the first line of defense to your loneliness. These are the people that you hang around with. These are the people that you are in day in and day out. If at times you eat together, you sleep together, you wake up in the morning together. So there's no way for you to be lonely if you're in companionship with the family that were your first line of defense that God gave you. Now, imagine your first line of defense is full of trauma, right? They don't know how to sit down and watch TV with you and assist you with finding out what you like and encouraging you to keep going because they're barely making it themselves. So now what you have is you have emotionally, you have an emotionally unavailable first line of defense to your loneliness. I hope I'm making sense. You have emotionally unavailable mom who's supposed to nurture you and assist you with finding out how to deal with and process emotions. And you have an emotionally unavailable brother because remember, their mom is your mom. So that means that they're somewhat emotionally unavailable as well. 
Then you have your cousins who maybe have your 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 cousins which are born of your aunties and uncles. So if your mom is emotionally unavailable because she has trauma and scars, I'm sure there's a little bit of offness with your aunts and your uncles as well. And then you have your cousins that come from them. So what you have is a lineage of grandmothers, grandfathers, aunties, uncles, moms, cousins that are emotionally unavailable because they're just trying to make it on their own. They haven't been taught how to healthily process emotions. They have not been taught not they have not been taught how not to hold on to unhealthy coping mechanisms. They have not been taught how to love themselves let alone love someone else. So it's hard for them to say, "I got you." What you do is you learn how to get through life instead of processing life healthily. Okay, now let's move on to the second line of defense with your friends. Imagine you get connected with friends and what you guys have is a trauma bond, meaning that maybe we both were molested or maybe we both have emotionally unavailable family members and unhealthy coping mechanisms. So we bond over those things. We don't know how to be supportive of each other because if I be too supportive of you, you might get big and leave me. Or if I compliment you too much, your head might get big or if um, I don't know what it looks like to be happy for you and still thrive, so it turns into jealousy and envy. It's unhealthy relationships that you have with your friends because of their trauma from their family. So now your second line of defense of loneliness is um, kind of faltering as well because you can't have a real conversation about anything um you can't support one another correctly you can't um admonish and you can't correct because you're afraid that you're gonna hurt them and they might not leave you so now you have this additional unhealthy line of um defense to your loneliness and then that brings us to spouses boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives. Now you're in this relationship with a man who was always told to stop crying and act like a man. So he doesn't know how to process his emotion properly. So he doesn't know how to share with you that he's not having a good day. So it turns up to be anger. You have this person who was taught that to have a hundred girlfriends was to be a real man. You have this woman who was taught that she needs a man to take care of her or this woman who was taught that you don't need a man to take care of you. So your next line of defense of loneliness is faltered as well. And that's because that person has not healthily grown up and learned how to be in a relationship where there's communication, where there's growth and love, where there's support. You think that um, there's a competition when it comes to bank accounts or there's a certain secrecy that you don't want to let in. Now, I know that nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. However, when you when you think about the combat to loneliness, you think about all of the people that are in the world that can do something about it. And when I say do something about it, I mean um, pick up the phone and have a conversation. Not just a what are you doing, where you at, but an actual deep conversation where you get to the root of that thing that is bothering them. Because sometimes a I need you looks like, what are you cooking today? Or let's hang out. Or hey, how you doing? Or what you got going on today? But you can't 
realize that that is a cry for help. You have people that commit suicide um, because they feel so alone. I would imagine that the first thing that you would do um, is have dinner with someone who you notice is just emotionally unstable before you try to shove a scripture or the word of God down their throat because what you do is you establish a certain type of companionship. Um, you have a lot of people who don't want you to um, think of them as a crutch or they don't want you to become needy and dependent. However, everybody needs somebody. And I used to say, well, God, if everybody needs somebody, why you got me in this place by myself? But I feel like God was trying to show me something. He's trying to teach me a lesson in this lesson. I need to in turn teach someone else. So I, 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 every time that I thought that I was doing it alone and making it by myself, God snatched me out of whatever it was that I was trying to attach myself to. And when I say attach myself to, I mean that there were times where I would go out and I would go running for hours or I would go sit at the park and just sit there and sit there. There were things that I would do and that would, would which would be maybe a healthy way of processing, but I was trying to find something to hold on to as a coping mechanism so that I didn't need anyone. And God was trying to show me, we all need each other. We, we need people. Um, and I said, okay, God, well, if we need people and you don't want me to attach to this, then why do you have me alone? How come every relationship that I try to connect myself to, it falters and wilters like um, a rose in the sun without water? God said, I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to teach you. He showed me how I had relationships with friends that were great. And when I say friends, I mean I have a not even a handful but I have select friends I'm going to say maybe about three or four of them that I can call right now and I can say hey look I'm struggling with this verse this scripture this thought in my mind and they're going to talk me down from whatever legend even if they don't talk they will allow me to talk and process it and if they don't agree with something that I'm saying they'll let me know hey you tripping don't say that you know the word of God says or they would say, if he did it before, he'll do it again. You're going to be all right. So I, I had to learn that friends are not just people who are always in your face, but friends are the ones that you can call on and vice versa. And they'll always be there with the word. So God has given me friends, but I said, God, you gave me friends, but you didn't give me my person yet. And by my person, I mean like someone that I can be with, someone that I can walk alongside with and wake up in the morning and talk to and go to sleep at night and talk to God. What happened to my person? And he said, I'm trying to show you something. OK, you're trying to show me something. And I said, you showed me the problem, but now I need you to show me the solution to the loneliness. Show me the solution now that you've shown me that you are the void filler. You are the worth giver. You are the character finder. You are the person who establishes me to who I ought to be. But that loneliness that I have, that natural loneliness, you told me that man ought not to be alone, but I'm by myself. God, show me. You show me the problem. 
And the problem is that there's generation after generation that becomes emotionally unavailable that are scarred and they have coping mechanisms that they're not 100% honest about. And there's things that they're holding on to that's hurting on them and they don't know how to share. So what they do is, is that they go on life and they say things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And God has not given me the fear of the, the, the power um, the spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and the sound mind. And they say things like, God, in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. But they did not allow God to move in that weakness. So they nurtured the pain while ignoring the actual reality that that's not something that you have to live in. So... Uh, and I, and I know I'm probably just talking. It sounds to me it seems like I'm rambling, but I know that um I know what I'm trying to say. So I said, God, you showed me the problem. Now I need the solution. And the solution goes back to my previous podcast about how God wants to tear down the very foundation of everything that you thought you knew in life, and He wants to show you how to show up in the world for real. How to not exhibit characteristics of borderline personality disorder, meaning becoming what you think other people need when they need it. So that way they would stay or so that way you can just be who they need you to be. He wants you to show up in the world as who you ought to be, the person that he established you to be. And so I said, all right, God, you know, I hear you. I hear what you're talking about now. The solution to loneliness is first to understand that can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody do you like the Lord. (laughs) Understand that nobody can do you like Jesus. And once you learn the love of God, then you know what true love is and how to exhibit true love because God tells you that love is patient. Love does not boast. Love is kind. Love does not envy. So it tells you exactly what love is, right? So now that you've learned the love of God, you've learned the love of God. You know how it feels to be protected. You know how it feels to say, my daddy got me. You know how it feels to say that I can say anything that I want and he's still going to love me. That no matter how much mistakes I make, he still loves me in despite of. He's unconditionally loving on me. He's going to always be there. Never leave me nor forsake me. In my darkest hour, God is going to always be right there with me, the creator of the universe. When you realize the God that you serve and the God that loves you, not because you first loved him. Remember, he loved us first. Once you realize the God that loves you, there is that void filler. Because I said, God, my spirit is full and I feel anointed. I feel like I can lay hands on the sick and raise the dead. God, I feel like every emotional attachment and every unhealthy emotional thing that's in a person, I can help with that. But why do I feel the way that I feel? Why do I naturally feel the way that I feel? So come on, let's get these diagnoses and tell me what you think it is, people. And I need God to deal with that thing. So I said, God, I'm, I'm leaning on you. 
You said that before your word fails, heaven and earth will pass away. That once you started a good work, you will not finish. You will not stop until the day that it's complete. So God, what's this thing that's ailing me that I feel like you can't touch? I know that that's not true. And God had to show me that the reason that there is so much loneliness and so much pain is because when the earth was formed, he gave us the answer and the answer is each other. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them from them all. That you should not panic because you know that your brothers and sisters are suffering the same hardships that you are that we're all going through the same thing and he talks to you about how you should guard your heart because out of it flows your being and he tells you how to conduct yourself because as long as we're in this flesh we're imperfect and we hurt people without even trying to we hurt people because we're hurt so he tells you how to be so the answer to loneliness like i said is to first realize that god is the only person that can fill that void. And even if you don't have anyone else, you got King Jesus. I'm not going to say you don't need nobody else. I ain't even going to finish that part because remember, he said in Genesis, man, what made to be alone. But as long as you got God, you establish that relationship first. And even if you don't have your person or your person hasn't showed up, you know that I'm going to be okay. And there's hope in my future because who hopes in what they already have? The word says that. After that, you start to learn how to show up in the world. And if everyone learns how to show up in the world, we know how to show up for each other. Whatever it is that you can't fix for someone else, God has to handle that. And that's why we need the void filler. That's why we need a relationship with God. Because whatever it is that he gave us the tools to help each other with, when all else fails, when, when because it, it is in my weakness, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness because it is in my weakness that God's strength is made perfect. Meaning that when all else fails, when nothing else seems to work, that's when God shows up and shows out late in the midnight hour. Yea, though I walk through the valley. I always love to go back to that scripture, which sometimes has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It talks about how he leadeth us beside still waters. He restoreth our strength. God is the person who swoops in like a knight in shining armor when our first, second, third line defense of loneliness can't fill that void that we've been feeling and he takes care of it. But if we were to allow him to change us, then we can be who we ought to be and we can help our brothers and sisters. We first start off by companionship and loving on them. And then we go into fellowship, not never telling you that the word of God is irrelevant, but saying that sometimes a person doesn't understand the words, have you considered my servant Job, especially if they're not in their word like they should be, especially if they're going through something that's so hard for them that they can't even fathom the words that you're speaking. Because if you think about it, 
Job was minding his own business and God was and God was minding his business and the Satan, the devil was roaming the earth and he said such and such and such. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Not that God offered him, but have you considered my servant? And the devil was like, yeah, but you've been protecting him. That's why I can't get to him, meaning that he was trying. But when God laid down that hedge of protection just to show the devil, look, I'm going to get the glory. And my baby is my baby. That's my boy. It's my son. He laid that down. But if a person that's going through something reads that, they're going to get a little bit angry. Like, God, I didn't ask to be in this predicament. Did you really have to offer me up on the, on the platter? Did you really have to serve me up to the enemy? So it's going to be hard for a person that's not spiritually mature to process that. So I believe that just companionship and feeding them, you know, as much as they can handle at the time and showing them walking. I did a podcast not too long ago um, that talked about how you have what the other person needs. And sometimes they know the way but because it's so dark, they can't, they're afraid to move. So they're paralyzed by fear. So sometimes it takes for you to grab your friend by the hand and walk them to their destination or get them as close as you can and then let their hand go. It's like training wheels. First line, second line, third line of defense, brothers, sister, family members, friends, boyfriends, aunties, uncles. If we were to remove those titles, and learn how to just be better humans, not male, female, just better humans and children of God. I believe that we can be there for each other. We can answer the questions that have been burning and searing in the minds of our friends and family members and our ancestors that were too afraid to say, God, why? Because we were taught, don't question God. You can ask him a question, but you better not question him. And don't be arrogant that God, if you heard me, if he heard me, he should have did it already. Don't be that arrogant. <laughs> but um, as always, I hope that I said something um, that could have blessed you. And my challenge, I didn't challenge you the last time, but this time, my challenge to you, my turtle doves, is to... Be a better line of defense. You cannot admonish, correct, love, restore, pray for your brothers and sisters if you are not on a path of restoration on your own. We're never 100% healed. So a person that says, I'm healed, you can't listen to that. They're healing, I do believe, because... As long as we're in this flesh, we're going to be imperfect. There's always going to be room for improvement and healing. But you you can't. I, my challenge to you is to start the process of becoming who God established you to be. But not um, superficially letting him get down to the root. And it hurts. Boy, I can't even lie. It hurts um, when you have to look the toxicity 
in the face that's in you and you have to look your imperfections in the face and those things that you wanted to bury and get rid of but you hadn't even realized that while you were trying to bury them they were still showing up as overeating um they were showing up as promiscuity they were showing up as actual physical ailments like boils and sores and inflammation in your body has got to come out some type of way I prefer for it to come out with me talking to God about it. God, I need to let this go because I don't need another bump <laughs> or bruise on my body. So my turtle doves, love yourself. Become a better line of defense. And by doing that, I mean you need to let everything that's in you, that's not of God, when you say, God created me a clean heart and renew the right spirit in me, I need you to be 100% sincere about it so that way God can do for you what he's done for me. I told my therapist the other day, I said, once upon a time, I used to cry every day, multiple times a day, where I would have to get up and go to the bathroom and just be like, all right, I'm going to just cry for 10 minutes and then I'm going to go back. Then I would come home and cry myself to sleep. Then I would get up and go to church and say, my God is awesome and incredible. God deserves incredible praise. I used to talk about the goodness of God and all he has done for me. But I was hurting so bad. But I can truly say today that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where would I be. And I wish I can tell you specifically what I mean, but I can't tell too much of my business on here. <laughs> I can't tell too much of my business as much as I want to get down with the nitty gritty. And I'm sure eventually that'll come because I keep hearing him tell me to tell you, but I'm not ready yet. So I love you, my turtle does have the most amazing night. I hope you have a great Tuesday. Um, be blessed. Allow God to assist you with your loneliness as you assist someone else with theirs. Bye.